0: Or you can find us at our website, madorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today.
1: Good morning, MPC. Y'all can be seated. It's such a blessing to be home. Missed you all, and I love you so much. Today we're going to talk about strongholds. Talk about your strongholds, my strongholds, our strongholds. If you're in this place and you're human, there's good news and bad news. You have strongholds, but they can be broken. Sometimes strongholds are very, very good at remaining hidden. Sometimes they're brazen, and they just stay in the open, because they're pretty confident they can remain unharmed. Today we're going to talk about all the above. Before we get going, we're going to talk about to remit and remiss, to remit and remiss. Before we get going, I want to take 30 seconds, real quick, we're not going to count, roughly 30 seconds, and I want you to look in your heart, and I want you to look in your mind. I'm going to pray for you while you do that. I don't want you to pray with me, that's something you thought you'd never hear, I don't want you to pray with me. I want you to think about your strongholds, because as we're going through this, I want you to look at that same stronghold. It's not a physical building, but I want you to see it. I want you to look at that lust. I want you to look at that fear. I want you to look at that anxiety, the double-mindedness, the pain, the struggle, whatever it is. I want you to look at it as we go through this study, and I want you to hate it by the end of this study, all right? All right. 30 seconds, think about your stronghold. God, I'm praying right now on MPC, everyone in this building, everyone listening, everyone watching, God, that you would begin to reveal strongholds, God, areas that we think are not an issue, areas we think we have under control areas we think are not a big problem. God, I pray that you would begin to reveal strongholds. I pray that you would let them to see it as plain as day. I pray for walls right now as they begin to shoot up to protect themselves. God, that you would tear down these walls. God, that you would begin to reveal these strongholds. You would begin to show these strongholds in each and every individual, not for embarrassment, not for shame, not for guilt, but for purpose, that you might destroy, that you might tear down these walls that come between us and you you that you might move in a mighty way in this place today. In Jesus' name. You got your strongholds? Do you see them? Do you see the pain they cause? Do you see the annoyance they are? Do you see the way you baby them? Do you see the way you walk by them and you just look? You don't kick rocks at them. You don't look, you don't try to take any sort of action. I'm saying it for myself, too. I got strongholds I walk by sometimes. So today, you see your stronghold. I want us to be real today, as if it weren't apparent already. I want to be spiritually open. If you've put up walls to try to protect yourself, to say, well, I'm good. I don't have any strongholds. I'm put together. I'm mature. You're lying to both of us. There are so many ways that strongholds are clever, that strongholds are fortified. We're going to talk about that today, to remit and remiss. It doesn't matter what your stronghold is. The tactics are very much the same. The tactics that we talk about today, there are three main tactics we'll talk about, and I would say we've all experienced one of them or all of them. So if we don't hit one with the first one or two, just hang on, we'll hit one that you have experienced. 2 Corinthians ten four for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not my weapons, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, to the pulling down of strongholds, to the destroying, to the beyond repair, destruction of your strongholds in your mind, in your life, in your family, at your workplace, to destroy your strongholds. Greg Rochelle in his newest book, Winning the War in Your Mind, I would definitely recommend it. It's a a very, very good book. He makes a statement in that. He says, a lie believed as truth will affect your life as if it were true. Let that sink in. The stronghold you believe to be truth will affect your life as if it were true. It's like walking up to an unarmed enemy and putting your sword and your sheath around his hip. He's got nothing, but when you believe the lie he puts in front of you, it affects you and puts a weapon in his hand as if the lie were true, as if he were right, as if he were strong. The word stronghold we just read in 2 Corinthians 10 and four, it translates to mean to fortify, to fortify. A stronghold in ancient times was a building it was a building that was built upon a hill. It was the highest peak in the city, the most defensible point in the city. It was the hardest to attack. And the citadel was surrounded by walls up to 20 feet thick, 20 feet thick, not high, thick, 20 feet thick walls. In times of war, the city, if the city was attacked, political leaders would often be shuttled to that location and hidden away so they would not be captured, tortured, killed, whatever the case Paul compares these lies that we believe to those strongholds. So when you attack those strongholds, the primary players, if you will, in your stronghold, the temptations, the sins, will run to that stronghold in your mind that you have allowed them to create. They will run to that stronghold to stay protected. We believe some of these lies for so long they become a part of us. We have allowed them to become a part of who we are. But that's what we say anyway. It's just who I am. That's just the way God made me. That's, that's how he wired my brain. I'm just wired to, to be tempted with that. I'm, it's just who I am. Nothing can change it. So let's talk about the three lies, the three tactics that the enemy often uses to fortify his strongholds and they greatly affect your spiritual condition. Turn to your neighbor and say, I can't, I don't need to, and I already did. I can't, I don't need to, and I already did. These are the tactics that are often used to keep you from tearing down your strongholds. We're gonna talk about the first two right now, and then later in the study, we're gonna hit number three, just to keep you in some sort of suspense. So first, let's talk about I cannot tear it down. I can't do it. I can't tear it down. This will usually sound like things like, it'll always be there. I'll never change it. I'm not strong enough, I don't have what it takes, I just can't help myself, I just don't know how to go about this, I don't know how I would fight, I don't know how I would begin. It's just wired in my brain. Does any of this sound familiar? I just, I can't do it, I can't. I'm not strong enough, I'm not spiritual enough, I'm not mature enough, I'm not pastor, I'm not bishop, I don't know the word, I just, I I don't have the proper weapons to fight, I can't tear this stronghold down. For the weapons of our warfare, not carnal. You won't use your physical weapons to tear the stronghold down. But our weapons are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You have the weapons you need. You just need to apply them. We need to stop with our own hands, with our own thoughts, with our own supposed strength, try to tear down your strongholds because it won't happen. We have fortified them, we have believed them, we have listened to them, we have allowed them to influence us, and it's not by our hands that they will come down, but they can come down. So the good news, bad news is you can't tear them down, but you serve the God who can. If you will just say, God, I need you to tear these down, he'll begin to rip the walls away because this is stuff that keeps between you and God. This is a a wall, uh, an inhibitant between you and God. He desires to tear it down just as much as you desire to see it fall. If we will allow him, if we will open up and say, God, I don't care what it takes. I need you to help me in this area. Secondly, we have a lie that often tries to tell us, I don't need to. Address my strongholds. I don't need to tear down my strongholds. So, what this will often sound like is it's not a big deal. deal. My sin ain't as big as Brother Matt's sin. I say that because he's my friend. My, My sin, it's not an issue. It's a little, it's a little sin. It's just lying, just cheating, just lasciviousness. It's just Facebook. It's just Twitter. It's just this. It's just Snapchat. It's just, tick. it's just good old fun. Pastor, quit being a fuddy-duddy. It's just entertainment. It's just, it's just, it's just. So what we do in this, picture it with me. I'm a very visual. You, you look at your stronghold. You look at this thing that's sitting in your mind that has been tormenting you, terrorizing you, influencing your thoughts, pushing you to temptation, and you say, That's empty. That's empty. There ain't nothing in there that can influence me. No, it it didn't tell me to do that. It didn't push me to that decision. No, that was me. I decided that myself. You see, because I would tear down the stronghold, but there's really no need. I would break down these barriers between me and God, but there's nothing to tear down. It's just a little shanty. It's not a stronghold. It's a tiny little shack that the enemy set up in my mind. There's really... It's, it's all good, pastor. There's no need. I'm good. Good. I've come so far in my walk with God, I just leave it there as a reminder. I just leave it there just so I know where I've come from. I just leave it there just so the enemy knows. Your walls are empty, bud. <laughs> Does any of this sound familiar? And I say that ridiculously because I've used these excuses myself. I'm human with you. I've walked through some strongholds, and I've walked by my stronghold and been like, Nah, it's been like two, three weeks before that thing said anything to me. How long has it been since that thing talked to me? It's been months. I must be super spiritually mature now. (laughs) Obviously, I've come to a point in my spiritual maturity that it can't harm me anymore. That's what this sounds like. I just don't need to. I would. I really would. I would tear it down right now. But it's just a waste of effort. I'd rather focus my prayers on other areas. I'd rather focus my prayers on praying for my leadership or my church. And I, it's really selfish of me to spend so much time and effort to tear down my own stronghold. There's really nothing there anyway. It doesn't matter. It's just, it's just a little thing. I got, I'm getting it. I'm getting it under control. I got the frequency turned down. I'm get, see, what, what we'll do here is we'll go for the long haul. See, See, I may not have it under control now, but eventually we're going to get there. Well, it may. You see, you just keep slipping and slipping and slipping back to where you look at that fortress and it starts with it's empty and it ends with someday, someday, someday I'll get it. I hope. We have to take captive those thoughts. Romans 7 21 through 23. I find then a law. That when I would do good, evil's present. I would do good, but that stronghold's still there. I would do good, but those thoughts just flood my mind. I would do good, but there's just some stuff. I got to get some stuff figured out. I would. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity the law, uh, to the law of sin, which is in my members. In Bishop Walls' commentary on this, he says, obviously, we're wrestling with laws that seek to prevail in our lives. The laws under consideration is a respect of power of authority, which seeks to be the dominant voice in our lives, end quote. So the law of my members, the law of my mind, the law of sin, and the law of God, at every moment, want to be at the steering wheel in your life. Every moment, every one of those laws is jockeying for position, trying to get ahead, trying to get to be where you listen to it more than all the other three. The law of God desires you, it wants you, it longs for you, it wants to to, to have your ear to say something, you say, God, where you need me? What do you need? The law of sin desires the same. It wants to say, yeah, go, go check that out, nobody's around. Go ahead and open that app, nobody sees it. Go ahead and open it. You can, you can delete it later. Go ahead and do this. You can do it. And the law of my mind and the law of my members, as we've talked about, is up to me. I guide that. I direct that by what I consume. If I'm consuming, if I'm exposed to things, then that starts to influence my mind and my members. And that's my fault. The law of sin the law of God are always on opposite spectrums. That will never change. But your mind and your members is up to you. What you feed it, what you tell it, what you show it, what you don't destroy, your strongholds, that tells it something. If you don't destroy your strongholds, you tell them, I'm fond of you. I don't wish to destroy you. I, lo- I remember the days we were cool. I remember the days we used to slip out the back door. I remember the days I used to slip some thoughts in my mind. I remember the days I used to look at some stuff I didn't, shouldn't have. And I, I just really, I'm, I'm in this Jesus thing right now but i miss those days that's what you tell your stronghold when you don't destroy it you don't burn it down you don't tear it down you're telling it every day i long for you i long for you i'm not going to destroy it just yet if you haven't read cs lewis's the great divorce there is an incredible excerpt in there about a man that struggles with some particular sin and he just keeps making excuses after excuses because he doesn't want it destroyed He's torn between the temptation and freedom. He's torn between victory and being in captivity. One thing to look at closely is the last line of verse 23 Bringing me into captivity, the law of sin which is in my members. Bringing me into captivity, it's taking me captive. If we don't take captive of our strongholds, they will take captive of you. If you don't get in control of your stronghold, it will get in control of you. If you don't tear down your stronghold, it will tear you down. Oh, well, that's just hyperbole. No, it's not. Slowly and surely, it will become more and more and more of a voice in your life until you don't hear anything else. If you don't destroy your stronghold, it'll destroy you. Piece by piece, moment by moment, relationship by relationship, it will tear you down and destroy you. Taking captive is taking inventory of your thoughts, taking inventory of your actions and to measure them against God's word. Every thought that seeks to exalt itself above the knowledge of God Take it captive. Every thought that seeks to pass you and head to your stronghold, stop right then. What, where did that come from? You've had those thoughts. What, where, where in the world? I've never thought like that before. Because that's a, that's a little something that's taken up residence in your stronghold. Because you can't see what's on your stronghold, what's inside of it. Right? What, all, the, all the while you're allowing one stronghold to be built up. Just, it's just one occupancy. All of a sudden, the back door opens and things start coming in. And you start, I never struggle with fear. Why is, what, what is going on? I don't, I don't struggle with this. Well, I, I've never struggled with anxiety. Why has anxiety got me all of a sudden? Did anybody have that during COVID? Anybody ever have that? It's like, man, I, I'm struggling with things that I've never struggled with before. Why is that? Because we've built up maybe some anxious thoughts, some fearful thoughts, some less than faith thoughts and some other things slipped in the back door we allowed a stronghold to be built you don't determine who stays in it you only determine who leaves who's evicted every thought that seeks to tell you you're worthless take it captive and say nope i am not worthless god's word tells me that i am worth a precious price Everything that seeks to tell you, you'll never be free. You can't tear down that stronghold, take it captive, and say, no, 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 no. God's weapons are strong, mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. This isn't as bad as your neighbor's sin. Take that captive, because sin is sin. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if my sin is bigger or smaller than your sin and your eyes are mine. It's all the same. The, sin, the, the, the voices that try to tell you, the thoughts that try to tell you, pastor ain't preaching to me. Well, pastor just doesn't know. He's he's preaching to. Them. We all know who he's preaching to. All right, that the right section. It's all them. The middle section, the left section. Well, he's talking to the Hersh's. We all know that. He's talking to these people. He's talking that he ain't talking to me, because I don't have strongholds. Remember, I would, I would listen. I would take notes. I would I would be altered by that, but there's really no need. I don't deal with strongholds. I don't deal with that like somebody else does. I don't deal with that like Brother Joe. I don't deal with that like Brother David. I don't deal with that like these other people. Take those thoughts captive because those are lies, lies. Don't listen to the things that tell you I'm a mature Christian, I need no advice. Because we're all growing in this. And that's the thing, the more advanced you get, the more spiritually mature you get, I should put it that way, the more advanced and the more mature the maneuvers get to try to trip you up. There will never, ever be a point that you reach a plateau in your relationship with God, a peak, if you will, never, to where the enemy says, well, I guess I'm good here. I tried, I tried really hard, but they've grown past me. We have to take every thought like that captive. We have to stop it in its tracks. And I don't care if you have to physically stop. I do sometimes, because I'm not a great multitasker. You have to stop and say, no, that is a lie. That is a lie. And every time that lie tries to come up again, I'm going to stop it. I'm going to stop it in its tracks and tell it it is a lie. Identify it. Identify it, say, no, 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 you are trying To destroy me. You're trying to take residence in my stronghold. You're trying to slip some things in that I know ought not be there. It is not going to be easy. But it can and it will be destroyed if you let it. If you open and say, God, there's some things going on in me that shouldn't be going on in me. Help me. Expose this in my mind. Show me, give me somebody to talk to, give me some, some word to read, give me some books to read, give me some things to do. Gene Edwards, in his book titled A Tale of Three Kings, also an excellent book, it illustrates how God refined the heart of David. David. Uh, between his relationships with the tyrant of King Saul in the latter part of his reign and the insurrectionist nature of Absalom during King David's reign. He talks about that. It's a fabulous book. And he makes the following statement. David the sheepherder would have grown up to be King Saul II, except that God... Okay, let's pause that for just a second. Except God... Aren't you so excited you see moments like that in your life? Man, I'd have been in a mess of lasciviousness. I'd have been a mess in my mind. I'd have been insane. But God came in. When I was a mess, when I was ashamed to say who I was in and out, but God. When I was in a mess heading the wrong, wanting to head in the wrong direction, but God slapped me upside the face and said, we don't go that way. We're going this way. You see the fruits that are down that way? Do you see death? Do you see hell? Do you see the destruction? We don't go that way. I was headed on a wrong path, but God, but God. 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 So David the sheep herder would have been grown up to be King Saul II, except God cut away the Saul inside David's heart. That operation, by the way, took years and was a brutalizing experience that almost killed the patient, being David. And what were the scalpel and tongs that God used to remove the inner Saul? God used the outer Saul. King Saul sought to destroy David, but the only success that he was brought to was that he became the instrument of God to remove to remove the Saul that roamed in the caverns of David's soul. David was virtually destroyed. We're still quoting here. David was virtually destroyed in the process, but this had to be done. Otherwise, the Saul in him would have survived. Your strongholds are gonna take some effort. They're gonna hurt They're going to be uncomfortable, but they have to be. Otherwise, some of it might survive. Because if you just start patty cake kicking your stronghold walls, it won't fall down. And there's some of it that'll survive. You'll you'll start pulling down the lumber, and you'll be like, you know, I could use that somewhere else. All right? You'll start tearing down these things in your mind. You'll be like, well... That actually isn't a bad way to think. So maybe I should keep that. You know, it, it, it may have led me the wrong way, but this time I can control it. This way I can, I can, I got it now. I'm, mm-hmm, I got it now. Good. I'm not gonna destroy all of it. Kind of like a, a, I should never recall stories I don't have in my notes, but he didn't kill, uh, help me out here, the king that didn't, it was King Saul, actually, how about that? King Saul didn't kill all the, was it the Moabites? Amalekites, thank you. And he saved some of it, right? He saved the king. He saved the choice cattle. He saved some of the people. He saved, he said, destroy everything. Well, well, this stuff's good. This stuff can be used. I can use this stuff for the kingdom. Aren't you so proud of me, God? You told me to kill everything, but I saved some stuff, and you're going to enjoy it. God doesn't want your saved scraps of your stronghold. He wants the rubble of your stronghold. There's gonna be moments in your journey to pull down your strongholds that are gonna be humiliating. I know from experience there's gonna be some experiences that are excruciating. They're gonna hurt. You're gonna wonder if it's worth it. But I will tell you, it is. The freedom that you experience on the other side of a stronghold could not ever be compared. Any amount of humiliation, any amount of excruciating pain, any amount of uncomfortableness, that keeps you from it. Thoughts like the strongholds more trouble than it's worth. Thoughts like, this isn't holding me back anyway. The lies, the lies, the lies. Proverbs 21 and 22, I'm going to read this in the amplified version. A wise man scales the city walls of the mighty and brings down the stronghold in which they trust. Reading again from Winning the War in Your Mind, did I mention that's a good book? The author continues saying, if you're in a war and you attack a city, make sure you take down the stronghold. If you don't take the more difficult action of bringing it down, the city will reestablish itself. Because remember what went, what, what, uh, in the natural, what went to the stronghold? The political leaders, the influencers in the community. If you don't tear down the stronghold when you're in a war, the city will come back. It may be months. It may be weeks. It may be years. But it will. Every day that passes, every moment that that wall stands, your enemy sits in there bandaging his wounds, pulling in recruits, pulling in reinforcements. All the while you think It's empty. There's nothing in that stronghold. I used to struggle with that, but that mentality is gone. We talked earlier about the three tactics that, we'll, that the enemy will deploy in our strongholds to keep them unharmed. We talked about I can't do it, and we talked about I don't need to do it. Now we're going to cover number three. I already did. Already done. I already did. I know every one of us have fallen prey to this tactic. If you think you haven't, I'll explain. I better take a drink first. I already did. What this looks like, you're in that moment, and remember, go with me. Look at your stronghold. Go with me. Remember a moment that your stronghold pulled you, and you're pulled right between the law of God and the law of sin. I I really don't want to fall prey to this. I should be heading this way, but my flesh longs for this. I really should be heading home, but, but my flesh longs, I really should, but my flesh, I really should, but my flesh, and you're just torn right in the middle, and you fall. Do you remember those moments? I remember those moments, and you fall. What happens? It looks great. You fall down, and you get back up, and you say, devil, you good for nothing, righteous indignation? get out of here, I'm never doing it again, I will never touch that sin again, ever, and I get mad, and I run, and I hit that giant straight in the forehead, and I get mad, I, I, it's not often, we were actually talking last week, you don't, I don't lose my temper ever, hardly, but I've lost my temper a few times in those moments, boy, I've gotten mad, because I'm so upset that I let myself do it again, but you know what, not anymore, I'm done, how many times have you told yourself, I'll never do it again? I'll never touch that sin again. I'll never tell a gossip again. I'll never speak bitterness again. I'll never struggle with fear again. I'll never have anxiety again. I'll never, I'll never, I'll never. And what happened? We won, right? We won. It's gone. It's been days. It's been six days. It's been seven days. It's been three weeks. It's been a month. By golly, it's been a year. There's no victory there. None. Why? Because the weapons of our warfare are not mighty. They're not carnal. When you use carnal weapons, they don't work. They might work for a minute. They might work for a year. They might work for two years. You might be stacking up these victories like crazy and say, man, I sure got him that time. That'll teach him to mess with me. If he comes back again, I'm going to wind up. But the whole time, the whole time you knock that enemy down... He's laying there, bleeding out. He starts heading back to the stronghold. Oh, it he starts heading back. Injured, barely mobile, barely a voice in your mind. But he keeps heading back. Keeps heading back. And then months go by. Years go by. The whole time you think you're winning. But he's getting stronger. He's learning. He's watching Remember, it's a stronghold in your mind. So he's watching your thoughts pass by, probably laughing at every single one. He thought he got me. He thought he destroyed me. What an idiot. Pumping out weights in the gym, in your mind. Again, weird, weird mind here. Every day getting stronger. Every day learning you more and more. And the whole time, what are you doing? Ah, oh, yes. This is what Victory Island feels like. I'm sorry, what'd you say? I'm, I've, I've beat that stronghold. There's no need to talk about that. There's no need to talk about that. There's no need to even remember any of that. Right? How many of you have done that? You see that stronghold. You beat that stronghold. We don't need to talk about it. We don't need to think about it. Matter of fact, when I try to think about it, when my spirit tries to recall it to remind me it ain't dead, <laughs> I saw him laying on the ground bleeding in my mind. I heard my voice. I remember the anger that I felt. It is dead. And if I ever see that thing again, I will kill it. If I ever, if I ever, I will never touch that sin again. That's what this one looks like. That's what that tactic looks like. That's what it feels like. You all remember those moments. I'll never do that again. As we come to the meat in our study, let's talk about to remit and remiss. Remitting and remission, to remit and remiss. We all know what remiss is. It's negligence of duty. You fail, you know, you've said it in conversation. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't say such and such? I'd be remit if I didn't introduce such and such. To remit is to turn away from, to desist, to lay aside, to repent, if you will, to lay it down, walk away. With the third approach, we neglect to remit our sin. We neglect to repent of our sin. We neglect to lay aside our sin. We think it's gone. There's no reason to repent or remit or do anything other than that fancy verbiage to something that's already dead. Why, why? 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 waste the time. I'm gonna, I'm cruising forward. The Goliath is laying on the ground. The stronghold Goliath in my mind is laying on the ground. I just beat it. Why would I waste the time remitting it? Why would I waste the time repenting of it? Why would I waste the time of recalling it? This is a false victory. So, in the natural body, a cure. A cure means that there are no traces of cancer, sickness, disease, after the treatment, and there's no, no chance it will ever come back. That's a cure. A cure is you were sick, every trace of it is gone, it does not exist in your body any longer, and it will never come back. Remission, however, remission means that the signs and the symptoms of your cancer are gone. Remission can be partial, or complete. Y'all seeing that? Y'all seeing these dots connecting? The remission of your stronghold can be partial or complete. It can lay down and seem just like it's dead. In a complete remission, all signs and symptoms of cancer have disappeared. Every symptom of my sin is gone. Every symptom of that stronghold is disappeared. So you haven't won In that third circumstance, you haven't won. You have sent your sin into remission, all right? You've sent your sin to the place where there's no symptoms, there's no signs, there's no precursors, there's there's none of that. Some cancer cells remain in your body for many years after treatment. These cells may cause the cancer to come back one day, one day. When stuff's in remission, it's never gone. It's just laying there. Waiting. In those moments that I angrily beat my sin, my strongholds, right? I, I beat it. I send it into remission. So every day we saw that little, you know, the giant limp off to the stronghold. Every day he watches me and he waits. For the moment, things aren't going my way. You ever notice how you have that hard day at work, you have that hard day in your family, your kids are going nuts? That's the time temptation comes. Why? Why? Because that's when you're vulnerable. The stronghold watches in your mind. He watches all your thought process, all your neurons flying all over the place, and he sees it, and he's like, there's my moment. Here's my moment. He waits. The devil waits until you have, because we are never, I don't care how long it's been, your sin's been in quote-unquote remission, I don't care how long it's been since you've been tempted by it, I don't care how long it's been since you've been fallen by it, I don't care how long it's been since you've destroyed it. You are always, I am always one decision away from being right back where you were. One weak moment away from taking your sorry carcass right back to that stronghold and building it again. One decision, one moment. It's a sobering thought. It doesn't matter how strong I think I feel. It doesn't matter if it's been 20 years since I've been tempted by that sin, it's always one decision from me. The giant issue in this approach is we think we've won. All the while, sin waits, just waiting for a moment to strike. Because the chance that cancer will come back We talk about that in the natural and spiritually in your stronghold. The chance that your stronghold may come back someday, even if you defeat it properly, which we're gonna talk about, there's always a chance. It's still there because we're still human. Ever since the fall, we're still human. We still struggle with sin. I struggle with sin, you struggle with sin. That's not sin. That is being human. Falling to sin, falling to temptation, that is sin, But in the moments that you're tempted, that's being flesh. That's just part of being human. Thanks, Adam and Eve. That's part of the human experience. So doctors will monitor when your cancer's gone into remission. They will monitor it. You'll still come back for blood tests. They'll still check everything. They'll probe, and they will check to make sure it's not growing, it's not coming back. The same is true of your spiritual health. You should continuously monitor the side of your stronghold, you should always walk back in your mind, walk back to that stronghold and look at the rubble and remember the moments that you fell, remember the damage it caused, remember the relationships it destroyed, remember everything about that stronghold. I told you I'm gonna make you hate your stronghold and I hope I'm halfway there. Remember it, I want you to remember because I do, that's part of my motivation. Why I hate that stronghold that built up in my mind. Aside from prayer and communing with God about my past strongholds, I do two additional things I read books about it, and I talk to men that I trust very dearly about it. Still, and it's hard. It's hard. I'll, I'll, tell, I'll be honest. I'm being raw with you right now. It's hard. It's hard to look into the eyes of a man that I know and that I trust, I love, and him ask me, how you doing? It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing because it takes me right back to that stronghold site when I looked in their eyes and that stronghold still existed. Oh, I hate it. It's embarrassing. It's hard, it's tough, I would love to just forget about it, but I can't. Neither can you. You can't just walk away and say, that stronghold's gone, I'm done, I'm moving on. Because the pieces will start to come back together. And if you need books to read on your subject, it's okay. Talk to me, pastor, bishop, whoever. Talk to somebody you trust. And I promise you, we won't tell a soul. Because we've been there. We are there. We're tearing down strongholds. We're keeping strongholds from developing. Read about it. It's hard. The first book I read, ooh, mm, that was the hardest emotional battle I've ever faced because I was so mad at myself. I was so ashamed at myself. I was so frustrated at myself. And I felt like the whole time I was reading that book, the devil just was looking at me going, You ain't going to win. Look at you. You're just a frail, feeble, insecure, good for nothing. And I had to acknowledge, you're right. But you know what? God ain't. And I'm with him. That's what reading about it does. That's what talking about it does. It reminds you, you can't tear it down. See, even now, as I've torn strongholds down, I can't walk over. If they're starting to rebuild themselves, I can't walk over and tear them down with my own hands. Even though maybe I can, I can't. Because my weapons are no good. But his weapons are mighty. The pulling down of strongholds. That's what motivates me. To tear down strongholds. And you know the only thing better than watching your stronghold fall, walking by it every day, looking at the rubble, not in a braggadocious way, not in a prideful way, a puffed-up way, but walking by it and thanking God for the victory of it. Only thing better than that is watching somebody else's fall down. <laughs> and that don't happen unless you talk about it. we got to talk about our strongholds. we got to talk about our issues talk about things in our culture that are rising. I love that we're doing that on Tuesday. Talk about this, because that's the only thing better, is me watching you and helping you, not doing it for you. You can't do it for anybody, but when you help somebody tear down through God their own strongholds, (laughs) then I revisit that site, and I say, man, this stronghold used to be big, and that one used to be big, but now they're both gone. To God be the glory. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I want to see you win. And say it like you mean it. Look in their eyes. Say, I want to see you win. Now, we're going into new roads. New roads. We talked earlier about tearing down strongholds. We talked about taking captive every thought. All of that is supremely important. Very important. However... Just as important is straightening out your brain to the way you think about your strongholds. You don't have to have a perfect brain. I did it too, so don't worry. There's a term in neurosciences called neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity is the idea that your brain, to some degree, can be rewired. Can be rewired. Simply put, in your brain, each time you think a thought, your brain creates a path or bridge an access, whatever you want to call it. It creates a path. When you think one thing to the other, to the other, all this stuff bouncing around, it creates a path. The more often you travel that path, the more often you think that thought, the easier it is for your brain to think that. And the opposite is true as well. The less often you think a thought, the harder it is for your brain to think about it. <laughs> Picture it, A forest. Nobody's ever walked through it. It's just raw, wild, uncharted territory. You take a path straight through that thing, straight through the middle. That's a hard path. There's briars in the way, there's mud, there's whatever, everything. is just trying to get you down. But the second time you walk that path, it's a little easier. Third time, well, now I've got a little bit of of a trodden path. The fourth time, the fifth time, Eventually, you're running through that bad boy. And then what happens to the paths you used to take? All this time you've been traveling this one path, and it's been creating a more straight, a more easier-to-trod path. All the while, the road to your stronghold, it's all grown up. It's harder to travel. It can still be traveled. Don't you dare take that out of context. It can still be traveled. But it's much harder if, if I slip up and I start heading that way, man, there's, there's briars in the way, stuff pricking me in my spirit, the word's getting to me. I try to make my way there, but it's all grown up. If I want to, I can get there. And if I decide I'm winning and I've never thought about it, I will get there. But you gotta make new, new paths in your brain. What's that look like for you? As the music will come, musicians. What's that look like for you? Taking captive every thought seeks to exalt itself above the knowledge of God. Every time a thought raises up in me that relates to my stronghold, I grab it right then, mentally. I grab it, and I replace it with truth. It doesn't do any good if you tear down the stronghold and you do nothing else. You've got to replace. you got to replace the counterfeit with the real thing. You have to come back. you got to come back to your fear. And when you feel that spirit of fear rising up, you got to stop it and say, no, 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 no. I walk by faith. I will take this thought of fear and I will replace it with faith. I will take this thought of lust and porn and I will replace it with purity. I will take this thought of anxiety and I'll replace it with peace. I will take this thought of lying, of smoking, of drinking, of anxiety, of cheating, of double-mindedness, of spiritual apathy, all this stuff, and I will replace it with the pure thing that God has intended it to be. Replace it. So when you do that, those old things in your mind, those old paths in your mind, those old ways, if you will, that you used to travel, become more and more grown up less and less able to travel and then what happened this path of peace so much easier to walk and then it's a vicious cycle y'all it's a beautiful cycle now the more you walk it the easier it gets the faster you can travel it, and the quicker you can prune the other things. You can stop it right at the, pr- right at the, uh, nip it in the bud. There we go. That's where I was trying to go. You nip it right in the bud. You stop that fear, and immediately you're 30 feet away. Whereas before, it would have been that, that we talked about, well, I really don't, I should, I should go, I really, I should. you see that thought of fear come up in your mind, and you're sprinting back to his presence. You're sprinting back to faith. You're sprinting to healing and away from pain. You're sprinting towards joy and away from calamity. You're sprinting towards peace and away from chaos. So today, I know we ran through this pretty quick, but you saw your strongholds when you begin, and I hope you hate them now. And more than that, I hope you're motivated to kill them. I hope you're motivated to burn them down to destroy them and to dance on the rubble and create new paths. Right now, close your eyes. You see these areas right now. You see them. You see these things in your life that are keeping you from getting close to God. You see these strongholds. You see these paths that lead to destruction. You see all this stuff that you should be traveling in the opposite direction. I want you to picture your new path. I want you to see, if you're struggling with fear, I want you to see faith. Now what's it look like? I have no idea, but I want you to see it. It looks different to you than it does to me. I want you to see the anguish. I want you to see the pain that it causes. I want you to see the destruction the toxic relationships. And I want you to see the path the other way. I want you to see the path through faith to God. I want you to see the path through victory to God. I want you to see the path through peace to God. See it right now. Come on, see it. I know it's weird, but you've got to see it. You've got to see it.
0: our ministry.